Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing on today? All right, so I am back and I'm going to continue uh, the series uh, that I am working on out of the book about being a warrior. And today we're going to be talking about uh, there is beauty in the struggle. There is beauty in the struggle. Really? Yes, there is. So let's see what the author is saying on today about dealing with shame and disasters. All right, now this uh, lesson is going to take a little longer uh, to go through. So it will be in three parts. All right. So this is part one about uh, there is beauty in the struggle and dealing with shame and disasters. Hey, I have a question. Did you ask God about that? Dealing with shame and disasters? And how is there beauty in the struggle? So many times we do not consult the creator before we make plans. That is true. Many times I have done that. We put this list together, then we go through all the motions and expect God to bless the list. We didn't seek him to find out his will about anything. Uh, you know, Lord, do you want me to do this? You want me to go this way? We just make the list and go and expect God to bless it. When he doesn't do it as fast as we think he should, we get upset and put our faith in God on the shelf. Have you ever done that? Now, I haven't put my faith on the shelf, but I've definitely made that list, my list, instead of uh, seeking God about what I intend to do. The author says, I remember praying and asking God to give me more faith. He answered me very quickly. You do not need more faith. You need to get out of my way. <laughs> Are you asking for more faith on today? <laughs> All right, so the author said, God answered her quick. You don't need no more faith. Just get out of my way and let me do what I'm going to do. You need to release control and allow me to work. That can be the hardest thing for some of us to do, to just let go and release it. We want to hold on to it and be in control of it. Well, God is saying, no, I got this. Trust me. I will get you through this. It might not show up the way you think, but it will work out for your good. Have you ever heard that before? I know you have. I know I have said it before that all things work out for our good. We think we need to help God, right? Nope, he does not need our help. He knows exactly what he is doing in our lives. He knows exactly where each and every one is at in our lives. I do apologize. I'm a little stuffy uh, with this pollen that's going on. But I wanted to get on here and go forth and give you guys this lesson. I didn't want to skip a week, but I will be just fine. We create a disaster 
and expect relief when what we need is Jesus. Mm. We expect miracles to fall from the sky like rain. We don't take the time to get to know him on a personal level. We live in a world of reaction and selfishness. I have made several decisions and prayed the sinner's prayer. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise I won't do this again. Hmm. Have you ever said that to the Lord? We made such a mess. Never mind about what's been done to us. We make such a mess out of things in our lives. And then we expect God to go poof like magic and make it right. But God does not work like that at all. You can fill in the blank. What have you told God that you will never do again, but you find yourself right back in that same situation? So I ask you, did you learn anything from the last time? I mean, you told God, I'm, going, I'm never going to do it again. Did you learn anything? I can only imagine what you put in the blank. But you know what? God knew you were going to do it again. So just get over yourself. Stop beating up on yourself. And now let's seriously, really not do it again. Um, the author says, mine was usually some ridiculous decision I made thinking it was going to work out. But guess what? It did not. And sometimes we do the same thing. We know it's not going to work out, but it's like we're trying to force it to work, knowing full well it is not going to work and it's no good for us. But we go ahead and do it anyway. And then what happens? We end up disappointed, frustrated, and beating up on ourselves instead of releasing certain things, individuals, and places, and just let it go. Maybe you need some help getting out of the poverty mindset. Sometimes when you grow up in poverty, it can be a strong hold. All right. My grandmother was poor. My mother was poor. They were in the system. I'm on the system. Go stay in the system. Mm -mm. The devil is a liar. You do not have to stay in that system. You do not always have to be broke. You do not have to stay in alcoholism or drugs or in those abusive relationships or in the mindset that things will never get better in my life. It's time to renew our minds in God's word because God can uh, break the hold on those strongholds in our life. It does not have to be that way. That is a lie from the enemy. The new things that God is doing in your life are something you never have done before. It may be unfamiliar to you, but it's familiar to God. It may not feel good to you. It may be unfamiliar, unfamiliar uh, strange. You just 
uh, just don't feel right, uneasy. You feel things stirring up within you, but it is familiar with God. God knows everything about each and every one of us. Will you allow him to take you there? To take you there. Don't run from it and hide from it. Acknowledge it and face it. Will you allow God to take you to that uncomfortable place so he can do the work in you so now you become comfortable with who you are. You will have to be totally dependent upon God to feed you your manna every day. You know anything about manna? That's heavenly food. There's a story in the Bible about manna, how God fed the children of Israel manna from on high. God will feed us daily through his word, daily with his spirit. But you got to make the time for him to do that. The more time you spend with God, the more you will look like him and less like you. We'll see that shell of you. But on the inside, your spirit man becomes more like God. Your spirit man becomes stronger. Speak positive words to yourself every day and do not stop. This will improve your confidence and the way you see your situations. Now, that last lesson was about that confidence, right? Speak it into the atmosphere. Your words have power. Yes, your words. You know, in the Bible of Genesis, in the beginning, God spoke and it was. God spoke and it was. And God said, and it was so. You have the same creative force working within you, whether you belong to God or not. Because if you don't belong to him and you speak positive, or negative, that's what you're gonna reap. You sow what you reap. So if you're speaking into the atmosphere positively, if you're speaking God's word in your life, it changes your mindset, your perspective, the way you feel, it changes your attitude. You have to speak it into the atmosphere. The best advice I can give you is to learn how to prophesy over your own life. Have you been prophesying lack, doubt, and fear? I don't have, it ain't gonna work. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Sometimes we don't need to know how things are going to work out. That's where faith comes in at. Now the author of this workbook has some things for you to speak over your life. Now, whatever resonates with you, you begin to speak it every day. And believe it, I am amazing. I am beautiful. I am blessed. I am bold. I am a child of the God. I am confident. I am created in the image of God. I am creative. 
I'm favored. I am, I am a masterpiece. I am priceless. I am smart. I am valuable. I am victorious. I am worthy. You pick what resonates with you. And you look in the mirror each morning. Put it on a sticky note, piece of paper, and take it to the mirror every morning. And you speak it into the atmosphere and watch how your atmosphere shifts. Watch how your mindset shifts. When you speak the truth to yourself every day, it is hard for someone to come along and influence you in any other direction. So as of today, stop lying to yourself and speak the truth. Stop agreeing with the devil and speak the truth of God's word over your life. Get this deep in your spirit. These are more than just words on paper. This is a confession over your life. This is who you are. The more you rehearse these words, that will become your life. When you know who you are, you become unshakable, baby. That's the problem today. We have so many people with low self-esteem because they don't know who they are. You better find out who God says you are. The enemy is on a secret mission to do what? Devour you, your family, and your thoughts. Stand up for what you believe. Stand up and fight. When the storms of life come, what side of the street will you be on? The truth or the lies? Whose report will you believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what I think, I'm going to cast down those thoughts that go against God's word and speak life over myself. God's way is always perfect. His way always works. While you are trying to figure it out, God has already worked it out. There's a song, right? Jesus will work it out if you let him. Find that song on YouTube. Jesus, God will work it out. Don't rebuke the lesson. Ooh, that difficult place, don't rebuke it. It is to catapult you into your destiny. So uh, we all are actors. Think of yourself like this. You're in a play, a play of life. You are an actor. And God is the producer of your life. God knew that situation was going to happen. And this lesson is saying, don't despise it. Because that trauma, that bad relationship, that loss will catapult you into your destiny. And what comes to mind right now, I'm thinking about Jesus and Judas. 
We all need an enemy. There's a book called that. We all need an enemy. Somebody had to betray Jesus to help get him to that cross. Somebody had to do it. Why? So the scriptures could be fulfilled. Somebody had to betray you, lie on you, talk about you, abuse you, mistreat you. They had to do it. Abandon you, reject you. They had to do it. It was all a part of your destiny. And God knew all about it. The author says, this reminds me of the passage of scripture about Jacob. His name meant deceiver, cheater, or trickster. And this is in Genesis 32. We're going to look at verses 22 through 31. Genesis 32, 22 to 31. And it says, and he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent them over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob which means deceiver, trickster. And he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you asked about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Now, Jacob's name means deceiver. Now, you got to go back in Genesis and, and read his history where we have Jacob and Esau and how Jacob tricked Esau out of the inheritance, right? So now Jacob gets older. Uh, he goes uh, to this land and over and he, he sees this beautiful woman. He wants to marry it. And then Laban says, yeah, I'll give you my daughter. Then what does Laban do? Laban tricks Jacob and gives him the older daughter. Then Jacob had to work a number of years 
to get the woman that he loved. And then Laban still trying to trick, trick him. So Jacob ended up running away from um, his father-in-law. But in this point right here, we're saying that he has struggled with man. He struggled with man. He had turmoil in his life, trying to get away from his father-in-law who tricked him. But he forgot about how he tricked his brother out of his birthright. Now he is wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Sometimes it, that's what we have to do. We have to get along with God and wrestle with him. We got to hash it out. We got to talk it out. Let God know exactly how you feel. They, it wasn't right, God. Why did you let this happen to me? Get it out. Get it all out of your system. But, but the angel said, but I have preserved your life. Through it all, God has preserved your life. So here you are today. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to hash it out, get it out of your system so you can be healed and move forward in your life? Because there's someone waiting on your story who's in the same place you are right now, waiting to be healed. But you got to get yourself together right first. You be healed and made whole. You, yes, you, be healed and made whole. Now, at this time, Jacob, he had two wives, a lot of possessions, and he was blessed, but still seemed unsatisfied. Is that you today? God has blessed you with so much, but you're unsatisfied. Contentment comes from having a relationship with God and knowing who God says you are. So if that's you on today, I encourage you to dig deep, seek God, and get that relationship. If you left God, recommit your life back to him and get back into fellowship with him. Stop making excuses and do what you have to do for you. Jacob was alone in the camp, and he ended up wrestling with the man. Some believe it was God and others say an angel of the Lord. Either way, his hip was dislocated in the process of wrestling with God. Jacob told the man, I will not let you go until you bless me. The limp signifies that he will always have to lean on God. That's a good place to be, to lean on God. That means that we're not trying to do it in our own strength, in our own power, and we are relying on God to get us through and to work things out in our lives. What are you struggling with on today? In the previous lesson, uh, I told you guys to make a list of it, whatever it is. Go back to that list. What is that struggle? And what changes? are you going to make? Ain't nothing gonna change until you do something different. 
Keep doing what you know how to do, the same results. Do something new, do it God's way, new results. Where do you need to lean on God more? Where? Have you ever felt unsatisfied? Have you accomplished your goals, but you still feel uneasy and anxious? I have been there where it felt like no matter how hard I worked, I still felt like it wasn't enough. I was so hard on myself, I ended up frustrated and broken. What I have realized is that in the midst of all these things that I needed, God, I started putting things in front of him, which made me feel overwhelmed because I was not setting the essential things first. Sometimes we build these things so we don't have to look at our failure, just being busy. It's hard to look at the battles that we have lost. But the question is, why did you lose it? Maybe it's because you were depending on your power instead of connecting to the power source. It's like not plugging your phone up by wanting it to stay charged for the week. It is not gonna happen. Why? Because you didn't plug it into the source. Don't be ashamed of the past. It will make an excellent testimony for someone who is battling the exact same issue. And you are going to bless their life. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. It was established for him, then added to him. Are you ready for God to add some unexpected things to your life? Well, you got to let it go. Let it go, release it. Nothing catches God by surprise. I, I told you, I told you. God knew it was going to happen. He knew you was going to go through that. He knew you were going to feel that way about those people and about yourself. What are you expecting God to do? It's like we want God to do everything and we do nothing but we got to do our part. We want things to come fast and we want a sweatless victory, but aren't willing to pray and fast to get it. It just don't work like that. We've got to put the work in. We've got to read our scriptures. We have to meditate. We got to study. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God, ask God to understand reveal those things in our lives that we need to get rid of. We've got to fast. We've got to turn our plates, crucify this nasty flesh to break those strongholds in our lives. We know what they are, but we're not willing to do the work. The enemy doesn't want you to get anything. So everything, so every time you try to fast, you're going to see your favorite dessert or food. We want a microwave victory, three minutes or less. But the question today is, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it, sis? But God is asking, where is your heart? He wants to change your heart so you will look at the situation through his eyes. <laughs> 
Ooh, got it right there. See the situation through his eyes. Mm. Sometimes God gives us the sweatless victory, but what about when he doesn't? It can be so hard and tough and we moan and we groan and we complain and nothing is just right. And we're just angry, living in unforgiveness because it didn't go our way when God knew it was gonna happen. And God knew that you would be in this place. What are you going to do? It's time to get up, sis. Laying down and wallowing in it is not going to change it. Keep talking about it in the negative sense is not going to change it. To keep holding that unforgiveness and that anger, that bitterness is not going to change it. To keep grieving it is not going to change it. Sometimes it's a matter of obedience and listening to what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. And some of us, we already know what the Lord told us to do, but we haven't done it yet. I ain't doing that. I ain't forgiving them. You're going to stay right there stuck because you refuse to be obedient. Repeat after me. You ready? My purpose is attached to God's. My purpose is attached to me being obedient. Mm. Woo! Go to God, no matter how foolish you think it is. God can't bless who we pretend to be. Mm. It won't work. God is not going to do it. He's not going to bless it. He's not going to bless it. We have to be obedient and do what he has told us to do. God is not asking you to have solutions to the problem. He's asking you to just have faith in him. As you reach out to forgive, release, and let go, have faith in God that he's going to heal you right there in that place. Where is your faith on today? In God? Or are you telling God on today, I got it, I got it, I got it in control, I got it. Release it, let it go, and let God work it out. Trust him. I pray that you are. Enjoy this lesson on today, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.